In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Over the years, I've observed that adversity and affliction, or a common enemy, create unlikely fellowships. When someone we don't like very much experiences the same painful thing we have experienced, a new connection can develop that can transcend the former separation. In today's gospel, there's a community of 10 lepers that it consisted of at least one Samaritan mixed in with some Jewish men. Observant Jewish men did not normally have fellowship with Samaritans whose religion and ethnic background were deemed to be unclean. However, in a community of leprosy in which all were unclean, the new fellowship overcame the previous separation and division. In response to their unified cry for mercy, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priests. And this command follows the instruction given in Leviticus chapter 14. The priest acted as a kind of a health inspector to certify the healing and admit the healed people back into the community. Jesus lauded the Samaritan who returned to give thanks, but there was at least one practical reason he could not follow the others to the priests. Or he did not. He couldn't. He was a Samaritan. Even without his leprosy, the priest would view him as unclean and untouchable. Thus, the healing of the lepers broke up the fellowship and restored the former division. This highlights an irony of the story. Let's say the nine lepers went to the priests who certified them as clean. This would mean that the priests acknowledged that the healing was genuine, legitimate, which would mean they recognized God was the source of the healing, which would mean they recognized that Jesus' power came from God. But Jesus healed the Samaritan also, and this means that Jesus... God didn't make the same distinction between Jews and Samaritans that the priests made. This would mean that the division between Jew and Samaritan enshrined in New Testament Judaism no longer applied. The new community Jesus was creating consists of all who put their faith in him, no matter what their background is. And this gives some insight into why Jesus cast some shade on the Jewish lepers who did not return to give thanks. Jesus told the lepers to show themselves to the priests so that they could be a witness to the priests of their healing. You see Matthew chapter 8 verse 4 for a parallel healing of a leper where this is made clear. This would lead the priests and any others who saw the healing to realize, oh, Jesus had healed someone, and bring them back to Jesus. But there is some implication in the story that the nine were less concerned about giving glory to God and Jesus than they were eager to have their healing certified so that they could return to normal life, from which they had been excluded for so long. And of course, this is a common human response to answered prayer. We find ourselves in some dire strait, 
We cry to God for help, begging for mercy. Then the mercy comes, and we quickly run back to life as usual, forgetting the source of the gift and returning to our formerly ungrateful lives. If the nine who ran off to the priests really understood what had happened, they would have returned to the priests, or excuse me, returned to Jesus after the priests had certified their healing to ask Jesus how they should now live. For in Jesus, they met someone greater than the priests, greater than the temple, and greater than the Torah, which created both. Jesus is the eternal high priest after the order of Melchizedek, and he is the new temple, and he is the Torah made flesh. And the whole purpose of Jesus' ministry was to fulfill the Torah and call Israel to live in a new way through faith in him. And this explains why the healing itself was not enough for the Samaritan leper. After the Samaritan <clears throat> realized he was healed, he returned to Jesus and worshipped him and gave him thanks. It was after the return to give thanks and not just after the healing that Jesus said, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. And the phrase made you well could also mean your faith has saved you. In other words, the healing did not save the Samaritan leper or the nine others. They were saved. The Samaritan was truly made holy only when the sign of the healing led him to put his faith in Jesus. For the Samaritan who returned to give thanks, Jesus took his role as the great high priest. He certified the Samaritan's healing and certified that the Samaritan was now completely clean because he had been reconciled to God through faith in the Son of God. Faith in Jesus makes us whole and saves us. The various mercies that God bestows upon us, even physical healing, do not save us or make us whole. We are made whole. We are restored to the fullness of life that we lost through disobedience and unfaithfulness when we return to Jesus, the Lord, to worship him and give him thanks. And this is the human vocation that was lost in the beginning through sin. God gave Adam and Eve many gifts and graces, but they did not worship God and give him thanks for his gifts. They chose to live on their own terms, apart from God, rather than returning to give thanks. And this illustrates why the mere receiving of gifts and graces from God does not save us. We can receive many good things from God and continue to live ungrateful and disobedient lives. We are saved by faith when we return to worship God and give him thanks for his gifts. This connects with the exhortation in the epistle to walk in the spirit so as not to fulfill the disordered desires of our fallen nature. Walking in the spirit is the fruit of what we can call a Eucharistic life, 
a life of gratitude. Merely receiving good things from God does not connect us to God in Jesus through the Spirit. We are restored to communion with God when we take our lives and everything God has given us and offer them back to him in thanksgiving, in fulfillment of our priestly vocation as God's people. This pattern of worship and offering is the essence of a Eucharistic life. It keeps us detached from things and keeps us connected to God in Jesus through the Spirit. And only after we return to give thanks can we walk in the Spirit and do the good works that God has prepared for us to walk in. Ingratitude is a subtle temptation that we gradually drift into when we orient our lives around the gifts rather than the giver of the gifts. It's the reason that the main temptation of the Christian life is not the temptation to commit various sins. The main temptation in the Christian life is to neglect worship and prayer. When we live non-Eucharistic lives of ingratitude, we drift back into the perpetual busyness and anxiety of the world. This life in the flesh leads us into a variety of sins, all of which are mere symptoms of our separation from God. This is why the seemingly non-productive and impractical disciplines of worship and prayer are in fact the most productive and practical activities of life. By them, we are made whole. As St. Luke explains it in the Gospel, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has saved you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.